Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Kammer, bringing you all that you need to know this week in Major League Wrestling. Um, it's been kind of an interesting week for Major League Wrestling. Uh, first of all, uh, this is a, I would call it a non-traditional episode, but it's only a non-traditional episode in the fact that Fusion did not actually occur this week. Um, as you as you may well know, if you pay attention to Major League Wrestling or pay attention to this podcast, or, you know, or psychic. But the Contra unit had taken control of uh, MLW headquarters in New York um, and staged a two-prong attack um, on the company, one down in Mexico, uh, interrupting the end of the Super Series, and then the headquarters itself in New York. Um, Storyline-wise... Um, I guess Contra still has control of the company, or at least in terms of its broadcasting, so there is no fusion this week. Um, instead, it's been replaced with the first episode of, of the MLW Anthology. Um, so they, they've debuted a brand new show. Uh, I don't know if this will last uh, for the duration of the, uh, sh- the shutdown of, well, due to the COVID uh, and the ban on gatherings uh if this will be something that's kind of tides us over until tapings can resume or if uh this is just going to be a total sub-series uh that mlw produces in the meanwhile um but we will kind of see uh it seems to be just kind of the best of compilations of uh, matches from members of the roster and today's episode will be featuring la park the original um, but before we get into that, some other news. I know, a rare occasion where I actually give out other news as well. Uh, the first of which, speaking of the Contra and their attack, um, MLW announced that Injustice member Koto Brazil uh, has been injured by the Contra unit and is being forced to retire. Um, so, sad to see him kind of go, um, at least especially that way. Uh, but, you know, I, I I can't be too maudlin on it because, man, I talked a lot of shit about Injustice. Uh, I mean, Kodo, uh, Kodo was quasi-exempt from it because he kind of stayed in the background. He seemed to be mostly known for his hair and his plucky underdog spirit. Uh, but I shouldn't, you know, get all, you know, weepy about it when all I've done is talk crap. Uh, but I don't want to see anybody storyline of course you know being forced to hang up their boots because of some heinous backstage attack um so all the best wishes for Kodo in his future endeavors and you know hopefully he shall be avenged in lighter news uh mlw has also announced the re-signing of dynasty member maybe even leader at this point uh richard holiday uh scoring probably scoring a major coup for his father slash lawyer uh to stay with the company for what it would obviously would probably be you know a pretty big chunk of change supposedly he had other offers uh but it's never been specified of who those were offers were with um but i thoroughly enjoyed holiday's work and i'm excited to see you know him continue within the confines of mlw where he's really kind of grown into his own so that's our MLW news for the week. News break. Three minute news break.
Uh, let's go to the review. Uh, Rich Bocini is our off-screen host. Uh, he gives kind of a brief rundown of the history, at least in America, for L.A. Park, um, and then showing some clips where they can, uh, what little rights they have to things outside of MLW, uh, but talking about his uh, how he's a legend down in Mexico, uh, had, so, had a, a few years in WCW uh, before starting in MLW in the early 2000s. Um, and, you know, continuing to travel the world, um, and is back in a prominent position in MLW, uh, now teaming with his boys. So, you know, he is a, especially since he's an original, you know, it's, you know, he's a fitting episode to kind of start off the party with. Um, there are two matches on tonight's show, both from 2002, quite a long time ago, which is like, which is amazing that the man is still one with the company even though there was a temporary shutdown of Major League Wrestling for a handful of years, but the fact that he's still going at a relatively high level nearly 20 years later, um, and then the fact that, you know, I am incredibly old because I would just be finishing, I'm just finishing up high school entering college about these at the time these matches are taking place. Uh, but as I said, uh, both matches are from 2002 uh, and feature Joey Styles on solo commentary. So for all of you, you know, old school, well, I can't even call it old school, middle school, middle school wrestling fans of the old, old ECW lore, um, you get to hear Joey Styles call things by himself once again, um, which I mean, is not that hard because he's, he floated around the independent scene for a handful of years before being picked up by the WWE himself. But anyway, uh, without any further ado, the first episode, uh, the first match of the show is from September of 2002. It's L.A. Park versus Shocker. Um, I don't know too much about Shocker. I mean, I know the name. I can pick him out of a lineup. Um, know that he's a thousand percent guapo, which Joey Styles puts over on commentary. Um, but he was one of the lead guy, uh, lead luchadores uh, for Team Mexico back when uh, TNA slash Impact was doing their... Uh, World Series of Wrestling, or whatever it was called, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but this, but both, both the guys, uh, heavy into shtick, uh, with Shocker being Guapo and LA Park being LA Park. Um, this is kind of a transitional period for him in his career, at least in terms of American viewing, uh, where he's moved, he's been, he's starting to move away from the comedy gimmick. That he's that he's best known for uh, with WCW, um, and moving into a more brawling hardcore style. And both of these matches, we get to see some hardcore action. Uh, this first match, not quite so much there, but I the recurring theme here is relaxed rules uh, throughout. Uh, well, I guess it's 2002. At least these two matches, um, but so both Shocker. And uh, Parka start the match, kind of doing off their shtick, um, and doing and just kind of trading things back and forth. Uh, I will note that like that it kind of stops off slow and picks up. Uh, Park at this point is like really flopping like a fish, like taking regular moves and just launching himself, uh, you know, across the ring into the ropes. Etc. Um, just getting some major airtime doing. It. He's uh, he's not you know it's not totally farcical per se, uh, but he's just really getting some air at times, um, and even just taking some weird bumps for more traditional moves. 
Um, but it would get a lot of back and forth uh, action uh, before things kind of pick up a little bit more traditional lucha stylings, especially from Shocker. Um, just, but it just kind of goes off the rails at a certain level. Um, after Shocker takes the advantage, he sends Park to the outside, goes for a suicide dive, and Park takes his LWO branded chair. Yes, he's still he's still repping the LWO in 2002, and just takes a baseball swing into Shocker's head and drops him. Like, oh, I I hollered at the television. I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, oh shit, <laughs> just you know, just I mean, take it just to that's how your momentum stops getting hit by getting hit in the head with a chair. Um, and it leads to a hard landing to say the least. Um, but shocker recovers, um, takes over. And by the end of it, park just sells like death. Like he is just fighting like this matches for his soul. Just, you know, act, acting very winded, acting like his entire body hurts. Um, but he finally gets, uh, the uh, kind of gets the advantage back uh, to pick up the victory after uh, the Leparkinator, which is a tornado twisting moonsault press, um, which is kind of nifty to see, uh, forgetting that, you know, Park used to be able to fly, um, but that was probably 50 pounds ago too, and obviously nearly 20 years. Um, but it's just kind of a good view of the past, a really solid matchup between the two, uh, just showing that they can both go um and just kind of sh- shows what could have been for sh- a shocker in america if anyone kind of puts uh, puts uh, put a rocket to him um but he just kind of floated around before going back to mexico um and having a pretty solid career down there for for what i understand um so from there we move on to some mlw reg- uh, current highlights um specifically of the mance warner jimmy havoc uh no rope barbed wire match uh this leads into a promo uh hyping up the next episode of anthology which will be featuring uh mance warner um but he kind of cuts a promo on that and ultimately recommends us you know pull up a chair watch tv get drunk on those light beers as he does his thing, knee pad up, knee pad down, going to the pay window, baby. Um, from there, we move back into the land of 2002, uh, where we get a uh, kind of get the setup to an LA Park Sabu feud, uh, where LA Park is cutting a promo on Sabu, uh, gets attacked by Sabu, and someone I couldn't quite make out. He's, he doesn't face the camera that much, and I just couldn't recognize him to save my life and of course for those of you who follow around follow along uh the level of research i do at times is next to nil uh most of what you hear it comes out of my mouth comes directly from the brain box uh so if you're impressed by my knowledge it's mostly straight up knowledge baby um but uh just couldn't recognize the other guy big dude though um, so this will set up a match that would later like be revealed to be a hardcore match from December of 2002 uh, with Sabu and L.A. Park. Uh, Joey Styles is again on commentary. Uh, the first thing I noticed, though, is a rare occasion for Sabu to have anything ironed onto his uh, tights. Um, uh, occasionally he would rock the camel like his uncle the Sheik, uh, but on this occasion he is rocking the ICP uh, hatchet man uh so that mildly entertained me that he'd wear those tights outside of the juggalo shows 
Um, but whatever, man, you do you. Uh, you know, whoop whoop, and get me some Fago and whatnot. Um, but we get some chain wrestling early on, uh, eventually leading, uh, uh, um, which is kind of surprising uh, because. Sabu isn't really noted for his technical prowess. And, you know, L.A. Park is not known as a technical wrestler, despite, you know, most luchadores having at least a strong technical base. Uh, Joey, Joey Styles on commentary really references that this is an older, wiser Sabu. Um, and so he's not going to go for the hardcore stuff right away, necessarily. Or at least not the uh, death-defying, homicidal, uh, suicidal, genocidal stuff he's known for at least right off the bat um but we get some chain wrestling early on um and a more methodical sabu um but you know overall it doesn't take terribly long before things get wild and woolly um and sabu gets sent into the crowd they fight in the crowd for a bit we get an ecw chant started in a non-ecw company because you know all smart marks are ultimately marks uh, but, uh, once again, we get to see some wild and woolly bumping, uh, from LA Park. He gets a scary spot where he takes a back body drop over the top rope to the outside. And he's supposed to have a table. There's a table set up there. And I mean, obviously he's supposed to go flat into it, but he doesn't hit it quite right. Uh, and he doesn't go through the table and just kind of like, breaks a ch- kind of like we'll call it cr- heavily cracks it and slides off um it does like kind of break but not enough to actually break his fall uh and he goes like tailbone pelvis first onto the cement floor um and supposedly i didn't quite catch that because i was busy you know watching watching him break his ass um but supposedly smacked his leg on the guardrail uh which i believe because he kind of favors the uh, favors the leg the rest of the night um, or uh, just kind of rubbing it, clutching it, gimping a little bit. Uh, but he finishes the match. Uh, I mean, quite uh, you know, obviously. Um, and goes at a pretty high pace in the meanwhile. Uh, but that was just kind of scary and awkward. Uh, to see. Um, eventually, you know, since Parka didn't kill himself, Sabu's going to try to help out and has a pair of scissors hidden on him and just proceeds to cut the mask and stab Parka's face repeatedly. Uh, so you kind of get to see, as Joey Styles would point out, the only thing that's protecting L.A. Park's identif- identity at this point is the blood rushing at, down his face, uh, which is half true. Like, half of his mask has kind of been cut away, and it's just total crimson mask um, as I gesticulate like no one can see me because um, I'm John Cena despite the fact I'm on a podcast and you literally can't see me um, but just things just go kind of off the rails uh, we get the get the chairs in play Bill Alfonso's uh, Sabu still managing Sabu's out there with his whistle um, and we get just now the usual Sabu trying to kill either himself or his opponent. He does eventually hit a triple jump uh, leg drop through the table. Um, and for those of you not um, aware, of, you know, not up on your Sabu moves, he takes a chair, sets it up in the ring, runs, jumps off the chair, jumps off the top rope, and then does a move. Uh, in this case, a leg drop through a table outside of the ring. Um, Sabu will get the win. Uh, after this hard-fought matchup with a triple jump moonsault, so same process, 
you know, chair, rope, and this time backflip off the rope. Um, catches the moonsault, gets the three count. Um, also notable, it's a rare occasion for Sabu as a character to uh, give respect to his opponent. So he'd obviously been watching his Beer Baron tapes uh, and realized that after a good match, you should put your hand out there. Um, obviously, Parka is a little bit... Uh, hesitant, but eventually they do uh, shake hands and kind of share a moment for the crowd who are all basking in this ECW glory in Major League Wrestling. Um, so that was kind of neat. That was nice to see kind of Sabu kind of branch out there. Um, and post-match, we get an interview with Bill Alfonso use, doing his usual screaming and whistleblowing uh, before L.A. Park attacks him and cuts a promo completely in Spanish and we don't have the luxury for subtitles. Um, and my Spanish is atrocious. Um, it, if I can't really order off a menu, I'm useless. And he wasn't talking about any menu items, so I have no clue what was going on there uh but definitely hurrah mexico uh and boo alfonso who is now buried in the garbage um so those are our two matches for the evening uh the show ends with we'll call it social media promo highlights uh from a handful of mlw guys um it's just just cell phone promos uh we get to see uh, get to see um myron reed uh, talking about getting revenge at Contra. Um, get to see some Mansur action. And then, of course, my favorite is a Zoom call uh, with Dynasty members Alexander Hammerstone and Richard Holiday. Um, and I didn't bring it up at the start of it because it's the big part of their Zoom meeting. But Richard Holiday now has a million-dollar mustache, and it is amazing. Um, but he thought he was going to be embarrassed of it for some odd reason. Don't know why. It's obviously big money. Uh, but like th them and Myron Reed really kind of stood stood out doing the uh, social media promos, uh, kind of keeping things fresh and going. Uh, did get to see Filthy Tom opening up a new gym in his garage. Uh, the Von Eric boys are still in Hawaii, uh, cutting up. I look, I looked bambooish for fishing poles and whatnot. Um, just kind of a quick reminder that MLW is still in business in one way, shape or form. Uh, so there you have it. This is episode number one of the MLW anthology. Next week, they are going to be playing the uh, anthology again. Uh, this time for Mance Warner. Uh, so I'm looking, f I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, just because do you love me some Mancer? Um, and kind and you know have a soft spot for the hot uh, for the hot dog of professional wrestling that is uh, death matches, which is something Mance uh, specializes in. Uh, so we'll kind of see how things continue to play out. Um, you know, if you guys hate me reviewing anthology or I get bored with it, uh, we we can move on. I don't know, hit me up on the social media deets that come on the end of the show uh, and let me know, you know, that we don't want to listen to any more anthology. But at least do next week just because, I don't know. If, especially if they focus on some classic MLW, I'll probably, you know, I'll look at continuing. Uh, but maybe we'll just transition to something else if they don't quite have, you know, fresh, fun content. I don't know. Uh, I'm just winging it like I do every week. Uh, but yeah, if you have anything to say about things, hit me up on social media. That'll pop up at the end of the show. Um, 
and you should just hit me up and follow me there anyway, because, you know, helps the metrics. More metrics equals more money, in theory. Help me make more than $3 on this endeavor, you know? Give me a solid. Anyway, we got a ping on the phone, so I don't know if that's going to make it, but it's keeping it in because I'm still rattling on incoherently, as I am wont to do. I am Rob Kammer, and I am forever rattling on incoherently. I'll see you guys next week. Hey, all Thanks for sticking through to the end. Now's the part of the show where we throw out my cheap plugs and all my other attempts to grow my fledgling media empire. Uh, first of all, the best way to support is to like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, get them all to listen and whatnot. That's the best metric as to uh, how successful this podcast can be. Um, of course, if you're interested in what demented, horrible thoughts that go through my mind, you can check out my social media pages. Uh, most of them can be found um, with the... Uh, Username the Nova of Cass, uh, specifically Twitter and Instagram. Um, we also now have a Facebook page at facebook.com/mlwconfusion. Not a whole lot goes on over there. Mostly just reminders to watch the show and all through with the other cheap plugs, uh, plus all sorts of like little stupid pictures to promote the show that usually end up on Instagram anyway. Um, and last but not least, if you want to be able to support monetarily, you can as well. You can check out uh, www.patreon.com slash Casanova, C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. Uh, and for as little as $1 per month, you get the podcast two days early and ad-free, which means you don't have to listen to this ever again, unless, well, of course, you continue to support me by listening to this on your, you know, platform of choice. Um, but there's a whole bunch of other goodies in there, plus all past episodes and then the previous project uh, that came before this one. Um, and just, you know, a bunch of other goodies, early access, and whatnot. Uh, so for as little as $1, you get all that. Though I would be remiss if I didn't say that the higher the tiers, the more goodies you get. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge, check that out. And of course, you get cheap, uh, get a cheap shill on this show as well by being a patron. So shout out to Maverick45 and Alan Schroeder. Guys are on the inside since mostly day one. Day one is H anyway, if we're going to use somebody else's catchphrase. But once again, thank you for listening. Check all those things out. You know, maybe read the description underneath the episode. Usually throw those things in there as well. Um, but thanks. See you next week.